Welcome back everybody. Wanted to give another portfolio update as well as some pretty valuable information. So uh, I don't think you'll want to miss this video if you're at all interested in how to buy dividend stocks, when to sell them, and how to maintain them. I've gotten a lot of questions over the past week of users that seem to be somewhat new to the investing game. They're kind of looking at what strategy they want to do. They're interested in a portfolio like mine where it's a dividend portfolio that has constant cash flow, constant income, but they have a lot of questions. They want to know what makes me pick one company over another. They want to know how they can possibly manage all these companies. And they want to know when to what metrics to look for with all this type of stuff. So I've gotten a lot of these type of questions. I'm going to go over all of it. And I, as well as I want to go over a basic overview of how dividends work specific to M1 Finance. And I believe if you are using M1 Finance, or if you're going to go into dividend investing similar to this, you'll want to watch this video. I promise you, you'll find information that's very useful in it. Uh, I, I make a bet with you. If you watch this whole video and you don't find anything useful in it, you don't have to watch any more of my videos. I promise you, you'll find something useful in it. So the first thing I wanted to do was give a quick update on the previous week. Let's, so let's filter. Oh, by the way, I hit 28,000. So pretty awesome to see. I haven't made any contributions in the past week, but let's take a look at the last week. So we're up 230 bucks, 0.84%. But then the big news is right here. Earn dividends, $40. That's pretty cool for one week, right? $40 in dividends. I didn't have to do anything for that. That is that is a true passive income right there. Not having to do anything and getting paid 40 bucks in one week. The return is 0.84%. Um, that's lower than the market. The market, which is S&P 500, went up around 2.3% during the same time period. So I'm not beating the market with returns on this, but you have to keep in mind that one week periods are not enough to measure that as well as this portfolio is pretty conservative and it's more of one that goes up consistently uh, rather than has these big big ebbs and flows that the market does. So this makes perfect sense. Um, and you might be thinking, oh, well, I'm missing out on gains when it goes up. I promise you, you'll feel like a genius when the market goes down 10% like it did and mine trailed that downside like crazy. I lost way less money than the general market did when it went down. So there's two sides of this coin. Uh, but I'm, I think this is a great week and $40 in dividends, uh, earned is great. The first thing I wanted to hit on was this gain $40 in dividends earned. Now you need to know that earned dividends are different than paid dividends right here. This $40 is earned dividends. If I go to activity, the dividends that show up here are paid dividends. Those are a different time period. So the company, when you own a share of a company, it goes through the X dividend date and that is when you earn the dividend. When you're paid a dividend is anywhere from about three to six weeks later than earning it. So this $40 that I got paid, that I got earned here are going to be paid in like three to six weeks. So I can't expect that to show up here. M1 Finance is, is lacking in a little bit of transparency of what happens between those two dates. I can't currently on this broker, I can't see who's who's. Um, giving me these dividends. I can't see the amount per company. I can just see that I earned 40 bucks and then I get all that information of who paid it and everything right here when it's paid. So that's the first thing I wanted to go over. And we can take another look at that. Uh, the, really, there's there's four different dates with dividends that are really important to pay attention to. And to show you this, I'm going to go over to the Seeking Alpha website. This is a investing online form. And let's go to a random company here. So let's go to 
Realty Income Corporation, my largest holding. Let me go and center the screen. Boom. Let's go to dividends here. Now you can follow this. So what you do is you search the symbol there, shows up here. It automatically goes to the summary. This is the return over a year, not the most important thing, but let's go to dividends. And then this gives you a lot of information. It kind of blasts you with information. So don't get intimidated by this. Uh, it's really basic. What I wanted to go over was the four dates that are important with dividends. So they're right here. The first is the declared date. This is when the company announces that it's going to be paying a dividend, that it's going to be, uh, and what that what that dividend will be. So a dividend is a set amount. They might say, we're paying 20 cents a share in dividends. Now, then it, the next one is the ex-dividend date. This is the most important date of the dividend. That's why it's bolded in black there. And the reason why is that if you earn, if you hold a company into the ex-dividend date, you earn that dividend. Now, if you buy the company on the ex-dividend date, you do not earn th that dividend. So you have to earn it or you have to own it before the ex-dividend date. After the ex-dividend date, so when you cross over the ex-dividend date, that is when it shows up here. Earn dividends. You earned it. Now, the record date is, is usually right after the ex-dividend date. This one's the least important to you because all it is is showing um, is, is like the company doing accounting and recording that dividend. And then the next important one after the ex-dividend date is the payout date. And that is when it shows up in activity, is when you get to the payout date. So the things I'd like to see from M1 Finance when the developers get time to develop this is I'd like to see transparency of all four of these dates. I'd like to see what companies are have declared a dividend date, that they're going to be paying it. And then I'd like to see which ones I've passed the ex-dividend date and have earned it specific to the company. I'd like to see when they go, uh, and I'd like to see when they're going to get paid out. Right now, we just see that we've we've earned them. We don't see which company it is or how much per company or when it's going to be paid out. We just know it will be eventually. And uh, that's all the information we have right now. I've actually posted this on the subreddit a few times. Um, and they pretty much said that they're they're currently working on this and they're going to be getting to it in the future. Now to go over the harder discussion, how do you pick these stocks? Why did I buy, why did I land on these four specific utility companies? Why did I land on these consumer companies? You know, there's there's lots of questions of people asking me why I pick these companies over other ones, what metrics I look for. And that's what I'm going to go over next. So the first thing is I wanted to give you a basic idea of how you can go in and research stocks on M1 Finance. Go to the research tab, click on stocks, and then you have this panel off to the left. It's a basic filter. Uh, what you do is you look at dividend yield here. And a basic one I'd start with is just punching in three there. So that's companies that are currently paying over 3% dividend. If you go below that, that's pretty much a dividend that's below what just the general stock market, stock market is, the S&P 500. So the only time companies should be below that is maybe if they're tech companies or ones that you have smaller holdings with. But 3% and above is a pretty good dividend yielding stock. Now, right there, I get a list of pretty decent stocks. These are ones that a lot of them that I have in my portfolio. Uh, and a lot of them that would be decent to have in the portfolio. But now let's say you want to get more specific. Let's say that you picked out a few companies, but you want to get one from the healthcare industry, and you don't have any exposure to it, and you just want a good dividend-paying healthcare company. You can click on that, and then it has sub-ones here, but we'll ignore that and just look at the basic list. And here we go. Another thing we can do is to get a bigger picture. We can go to three years here. 
to see how which ones have done well in the previous three years. Now, Pfizer is one that looks great because that is a great dividend-paying company. That is a, a fantastic one. We have AbbVie and we have Amgen. And let's click on Amgen. That has a decent return, a decent yield, and pretty good market cap. Then we can go and look at the description and see what they actually do. They're a leader in biotechnology-based human therapeutics with historical expertise in renal disease and cancer supportive care products. So it's a pharmaceutical company that makes things for cancer, um, and they're a a biotech. So decent company to have in your portfolio. And I could do further research. Here's where it gets interesting. Let me mute my... Let me mute my watch real quick. Sorry about that. Okay, so this is where it gets interesting and you can do more research on this. With M1 Finance, it's pretty limited what you're able to look up. You can get a basic idea of it. You can look at a little graph and see the performance over the past year. Um, What you can do is you can go to back to Seeking Alpha. And I really think this is a decent website for doing this. So what's the Amgen? We can type in AMGN. Boom, here. And let me center this for you. Okay. Now, what we want to do is we want to find out if this is a decent dividend payer and if it grows its dividend year over year and if it has uh, any trouble ahead. So the first thing we'll do is we'll go to dividends. Now, it pays a buck forty-five per share, 3% yield. The tab that we want to hit out of all of these is this dividend history one here. And I love this tab. You go to all here. And it gives you the clearest view of dividend payouts. It, it has every single dividend payout logged, no matter like how big the timeline is. It's really awesome. Now, look at this. This is beautiful. I mean, just perfect incremental year after year increases to dividend. Nothing too extravagant. They've never doubled it and, done any, and then had to lower it before. Just slow and steady growth. Exactly what I look for in a dividend paying company. And that's, you know, that is probably why... I have them in. I have them as a holding. I believe I do. So let's go to let's go to healthcare here. Yep, right there. I have them as a holding. So uh, that's that gives you a basic idea of how you can do it. That the big thing you want to look for is this graph right here to see if they're going to grow their dividend year over year. If this is flat, that means that you're going to just get paid the same dividend, and you may as well just be buying a bond. A bond will pay you the same dividend over and over again. So the difference between a dividend and a bond is a dividend from a company will increase over time. Bonds, the yield you get from that, the interest you get from a, a bond just stays the same year over year. So not they're not the same thing and you should be seeking a dividend growth portfolio. So Amgen obviously looks really good, but let's go over, well, let's go over the situation of, of comparing two different ones and one that doesn't look so great and one that does. The examples I give for this is Let's go to SPG, which is actually one of my holdings. And let's go over to dividends. We have a 4.47% yield, which is pretty good for a REIT, right right where it should be um, on average. And let's go to the tab that I, I always look at, the dividend history. Filter by all. And like I said, it shows like every single individual payment. That's why I love this. If you go to dividend growth, which... It, you know, it's a dividend growth portfolio, so you think this would would be more helpful. But I don't like how it just groups together years as much as I like how the dividend history tab breaks them out to separate payouts. So with this tab, you can see it's had some quarters where it's dropped them a little bit, 
But overall, the general, if you, if I was to throw up a trend line on this, it just is continually going up in pretty good increments. It looks like it's had a couple, a couple years where it's had a little bit of trouble. Now let's compare that with the, with a separate REIT called Blackstone Group, BX. And so if we go to the same thing, we go to dividends here, has a much higher yield, about 7% to this one's four, but let's go to dividend history filter by all, and you get the idea. So this is a pretty good indicator of what's going to happen when you own these two different companies. I mean, you just look at the past, and the company obviously made the decisions for a reason, and you know what to expect in the future. With this one, you're going to expect them to constantly just grow their company and slowly pay out a higher dividend. You're going to have a lot higher expectancy with this one to have a continual return on it and expected income. You have predictable income with this one, predictable raises. This one, you have a higher yield and way higher unpredictable, like it's way more unpredictable. So it's not, I'm not saying it's terrible to own this type of company. That's fine. You just have to know that if there's any trouble in the market, this company is going to slash its dividend and probably a lot. I mean, some of these drops are like 50% and consecutive ones that dropped, you know, from 87 cents to 54 to 44 and then back up to 85. And this is just one that does that pays out when it's doing good and doesn't pay out anything when it's not doing good. Uh, they don't try to to predict it and you're not going to be able to know what's going on in the future. A dividend growth portfolio, the core of it is you want your dividends growing year over year, which this type of company does not provide. If you were to throw a trend line on this, it would start off totally flat and then it might slightly go up a tiny bit, but mostly just remain level at probably an average yield of like, what is it? What is it currently? It's paying out 58 cents. So probably an average yield of around um, of around, of around 6% or 5%. And you're never going to get a better yield on that. So you're always going to have that 6%, even if you own the company, probably for about 10 years. And that's not really dividend growth. Even though that's a nice return, it's not a dividend growth strategy. So those are the difference, and that's part of the things I look for in companies. But there's actually a lot more than that. Um, that's just one part of it. And when you're looking at companies, you got to know there's two different two different main things that you want to look at. Let me go and fix this. There's the quantitative stuff, which is what I'm going over right now, which is numbers and history and uh, all this type of stuff that you can look at and categorize and, and do. And then there's qualitative stuff, which is what does the company do? What products does it sell? What type of things does it create? Are these things that are going to be relevant in five years? Is their business have high turnover? Do they have long contracts with clients? Are they like, are they like Boeing where they have so much backlog of Sorry, is it like Boeing? Let me look at this. It's industrials. Where where they have so much of a backlog that they literally have five years of work already paid to them with down payments. This company has five years that there's not even a chance it can have a hiccup because they have so much of a backlog of airplanes to make. Um, you can look at different companies and get an idea of where they stand and where the future is by going over a qualitative look at them, meaning look at the qualities they have, whether they have a good moat, whether they have competitors that can take advantage of them, or they're resilient against them. You got to factor in that stuff as well. Dividends can't be the only thing that you're looking at when you're purchasing a company. And I'll give a, I'll give a couple examples. So I look at my real estate pie. I... Uh, I know real estate a little bit residential. My family's on that a little bit, but I don't know that much about 
huge commercial real estate other than what I've researched online. Um, out of all these companies, the ones that I'm the one that I'm the most concerned about, and the one that I think that has the worst outlook for the future currently is Iron Mountain. Now that might seem weird, and you go, "Oh, well, that's in the green, and I got a nice little four percent return on it." And if I look at it, Iron Mountain actually has a great yield, um, right there, almost a seven percent yield. But Iron Mountain is let's let's view the details here, and I'll give you an idea of why this one is the one I'm I'm the most concerned about right now. Iron Mountain is a records management service provider and the forum blah 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 pretty much to summarize this what they do is they're a backup REIT and mostly what they do is they back up uh, company files but they're physical files and I know that a lot of companies still need this service because there's some things you can't keep online currently but I just feel like that is not a business model to go into the 21st century with forever and they're trying to switch to, you know, data and doing data backup. But there's other REITs that are already ahead of the game in data above Iron Mountain. And so they're in a, a situation where their business model is having to change. And I just, I don't know if they can keep up with that much of a change. I see physical files for companies continually being put into digital form. And so this is one that I'm kind of worried as far as the business model goes, the the actual numbers are decent on it, and they're doing a good job so far. But how I'm handling this is right along with what I do with most of my holdings is if I'm concerned about the future of them, what I do is I try to not contribute as much to them. You can see that I own, it makes up 6.8%, and I lowered the holding to 5%, meaning when I put in future deposits, it's not going to go to Iron Mountain because it's already overweight. Um, and that's what I do is I just I just hold them, but I don't add more to it. But I don't want to sell it because it's still paying me that 7%. And there's not anything that's extreme right now. There's no reason to run out and sell it right now. But it's not one that I'm going to be adding more to. That's an example of a company that I own that I'm somewhat concerned about its business plan. There's some on the other side that I'm not concerned at all about their future. That I think that I could own them for the next, literally the next 20 years. Uh, and I gave one example is is Boeing. Another example is probably Costco. Really boring company, but they have their stuff down, and I I do not feel any fear of this company. I think that they're gonna I'm gonna be able to own them for the next twenty years. Uh, if you look at their business plan and the way that they their retention and the way that they work, there's some companies that are less risky and slower growing than others. So you got to do the qualitative research before you buy a company and you put hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars into it. Do a little bit of research of what they actually sell and and how they make their money and and all these type of things or contracts and the type of things that they do. Now, another important part is maintenance and upkeep. How do you keep track of all these holdings? How do you keep track of whether they're raising their dividends, whether they keep them the same, whether they have cut their dividends and you don't even know about it because it's hard to keep track of the news of 60 different companies. I believe that's how many I hold. Yeah, 60 different holdings. So that can be intimidating, but there's some easy ways to keep track of this. Let me show you how. Again, we'll go over to the Seeking Alpha website and click on Portfolio. And you're, I believe when you, if you, you have to create a free account to do this. Um, but when you, I think it defaults to latest. So you have to click data there. Boom. And then you have to make sure you're on dividend. Now, what this does is you have to go down here to this little search box and start typing in the tickers. Don't worry about adding in like amounts of shares or anything. Just get the ticker in there for each of your holdings. And what that will do is add them to this big 
table so that at a glance you can get all the dividend information for every single one of your holdings. Now you can organize them by X dividend date and see which ones are paying next. You can organize them by your yield and, and uh, see which ones are high yield and low yield and all that type of good stuff. But the big thing with maintenance here is a couple things to look for. If you if you want to scan the list of your holdings and make sure none of them have slashed the dividend without you knowing, all you have to do is browse down this list and as long as they have a date for X dividend, they have not slashed their holding. That if no date appears there, that's where I'd go, hey, they might have cut their dividend. I'm gonna go and research uh, this company. You know, if TD didn't have any dates here, or any information here, I would Google search it and see what happened. And if they slashed their dividend, I would sell it. So that's one way to upkeep the portfolio at a glance rather than have to go through all of these manually. Another thing you can do is you quickly go to email alerts here. And then on the email alerts, it has all your holdings again, show advanced. And then you just check in the news one here. This is for all stocks. You check in the news one here and deselect the other ones unless you want to see all that stuff. But that's a lot of lot of emails are going to get. But if you select the news one, the cool thing about this is, is it will email you every single time a company announces a new dividend and if it's a raise or if it's the same. So let's go over to my email here. This is a basic Gmail filter. I have it made it so that any email that comes in from Seeking Alpha that has the word dividend in it, automatically gets tagged as dividend news. And uh, it goes to this little separate inbox off to the left with that tag. Now, the cool thing about this is, is I can go in and I can say, click on one of these emails. This is exactly what they look like. UPS declares a 96% dividend. Oh, great. We don't get too much information because they want you to go to their site. So you have to hit read now. But then that opens it up here. And you can see that UPS has raised their dividend from 96 cents or 91 cents to 96 cents, which is a 5.5% increase, which is awesome. That means that I just got a 5.5% raise um, just by owning that company. They just gave the shareholders a raise. And that's what dividend growth is, is owning companies that continually give you raises for owning them. So if you're not getting raises in your job, start buying stocks and they can give you raises instead. Now let's go and look at a couple other here. So boom. Next year, this is an energy company and a 12.6% increase from the prior one. That's awesome. They increased theirs quite a bit. Now, that's great when you see that these companies, a lot of them, I tagged a few of them that are raising them. So, uh, UMP is raising it, SPG, AFL, CVX, a lot of them, about you know a third of them are raising, are raising their payouts. Uh, some of them don't. If you just look at a normal one that doesn't, it just says in line with previous, which means it's the same as it, it was the previous period that they paid it out. Now, the reason Real, Realty Income Corp has always increased their dividend. The reason they didn't in this one is because most companies only re- increase their dividend once a year. So not every single email that's out monthly or quarterly is going to reflect their yearly raises. So the important thing is, is that you're, you're looking and you can see your companies giving you raises all the time. And that's different than bonds, where if I bought a 10-year treasury bond, it'd just pay me the same interest year after year after year. There's no getting a better cost on dividend. So with dividend companies, I'm getting raises for for companies that I already have a stake in and already have shares in. And that's a a pretty cool thing there. Now, we can go back here. And the last thing, so we, we found out how we pick stocks, what I look for in them. We found out how to maintain them and get an an overall idea of of what to look for in maintaining them and seeing if they're doing well, they're doing what you want to. Um, Now the big question is when to sell. 
And that's usually a lot easier than when to buy. When to buy, there's so many other factors of that I look at with quantitative and qualitative and research. And when to sell is is usually a little bit simpler. I sell usually under two different circumstances. One, they cut their dividend or slash their dividend. And the second one is the core business model is eroding and I don't see a future in the company. That's the second one is what I see happening a little bit with Iron Mountain. It's a judgment call, but uh, I'm not there yet to sell it. I believe that they could transition over. Um, But those are really the two things. With a dividend portfolio, you're not looking for opportunities to sell. You do not want to be just selling companies all the time. You want to own them for life. Uh, uh, The longer you can own them, the better. The longer you own a stock, the more likely you're going to be making money with it. If you have to sell them out short term, you're likely going to be losing money. So uh, again, if you want to look for opportunities to sell a company, uh, that I look for if I really think that the business model is like GameStop, you know, and it just, there's not many people going to the mall to buy games anymore. They just buy them right from their Xbox or whatever. It, they pay a huge dividend, but that business model is eroding. That's an example of one. Um, and if they cut their dividend and you don't see you don't see them returning it very quickly. They say, well, they'll be back up in two quarters and they give guidance and that type of thing. I might make an exception. But if it's just a cut that is going to take them years to get back and other companies are doing well, I will sell my stake in that company and I will put that money into the the stronger survival. So survival of the fittest with my companies. If one of them cuts their dividends, I'll sell it and I'll put that money into a company that's not cutting its dividend. So that's basically that's basically the the... Just the half hour gist of it. That's the basically the half hour summary of uh, when I buy uh, when I buy companies, when I uh, sell them, and everything in between. Um, of course, I mean, there's when you're spending this much money on something, you want to be buying good stuff. So I spend a lot of time researching them. But I will say an important thing is to look for companies that you know something about, not ones that I know something about that I put in my portfolio, but make sure that you're comfortable with them as well and that you've done a little bit of research on them because some of these companies are going to fail. When there's a a next recession, some of these companies will go tanking and you don't want to have only purchased them because somebody else told you about them. So make sure you're doing your own research. Uh, All I want to do is just give you an insight into how I built this, what I'm doing, I feel really comfortable with my plan. So in the next recession, I'm committed to holding through it, whether it's a a correction or recession or whatever. I'm committed to this plan and we'll see how it plays out. But I've done enough research that I feel I feel confident going in it. And it was the same thing through our little 10 percent correction. Uh, I didn't blink with it. It didn't affect me that much. You know, it might be different when it falls even further, but. But uh, right now, I feel really comfortable with this. And so I want to give you guys the insight into how I'm doing it. Uh, But I encourage you um, to not just invest in exactly what I'm doing, but make it your own and do your own research with it. So anyway, I hope this is really helpful and it gives you some insight into things to look for, gives you some ideas. Investing is really fun. You can do it yourself. You don't have to just buy ETFs like everybody else advises. There's nothing wrong with buying ETFs, but it's your money, and you can buy whatever companies you want. You, uh, I, you know, I'm spending a lot of money on this, and I want to be able to pick which companies I want to own and which ones I don't. And this platform M1 gives me a lot more flexibility to build my own custom ETF, the specific com- companies that I like, and owning the exact percentage I want of them. So if I have the opportunity to do that, I'm going to do it over picking just to own the S&P 500 and the 500 biggest companies. So 
anyway, I hope this was informational uh, and useful. I plan on doing more videos like this. So this isn't the only time I'm going to cover what I look at and buying companies and selling them. But this kind of gives you, I think, a little bit of a base to start on. So let me know if it was helpful or not. I hope you guys have a good week. Uh, it's a short week for a lot of you. So Tuesday today. But anyway, see you guys next time. Bye.